Well, thanks again for making the time to uh, take the time and join and be a part. My name is Jeff Fuller, uh, lead pastor, I guess, senior pastor at hopeforvermont.org, hopeforvermont.org, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org. And uh, we believe people's stories matter. And I've been fortunate to conduct several interviews and just bring you stories and insights from those that have walked with Jesus, that have learned from Jesus. And uh, Tonight, we wanted to do a special episode. This is Pastor Kenny White and myself just sharing some of our background and some of our dreams. You might find it interesting. You might fast forward through it, or you might just skip it all together. But uh, we just want to welcome in Pastor Kenny. So, Kenny, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. And so for the listeners, for the congregation, those that are unaware, uh, being the pastor, assistant pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church is not your full-time job. You actually only work 10 hours a week, or you only get paid for 10 hours a week of your work. But uh, share with the audience, the congregation, what you do most of your time for for your typical vocation right now. Yeah, I am a part-time sub at the post office, which means that I deliver mail about 50 to 60 hours a week as a part-time sub. So, And so you're not walking around from house to house, are you? You're like driving around. And so when winter comes, you have to <laughs> put on your snow tires and be a Vermonter and get out of ditches and all the rest? Yeah, uh, I get a, for the most part, I would say like 99 times out of 100 when I deliver, I get a government vehicle that I get to use and drive mailbox to mailbox. Only once have I put a car in a ditch, um, and it was during the winter, and it was my first time delivering in the snow. And uh, so, yeah, no, it's a, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the winter. It's not a fun time to deliver mail. <laughs> how, long, how long have you been delivering mail for? When did I start? Uh, about uh, 13 months now. I think it was last August. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, time flies. And as you shared before, when we kind of interviewed you after we had hired you, that you had a previous ministry position, unfortunately did not end uh, how you had hoped or things just kind of came to an abrupt ending. Um, when you were in between jobs, uh, how low were you feeling at that time? Uh, I mean, the, the main question in there is in between which jobs? Uh, <laughs> I went through four jobs, three of which lasted about a week. Um, and I think that's partially because of how low I was. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it uh, it was rough until we sort of, you know, got settled with something a little bit more steady. And it was like, okay, now things can start, you know, getting back to normal and whatnot. And this is Pastor Kenny White and uh, myself, Jeff Fuller. Uh, and somebody asked me recently, how long have I been at Living Hope Wesleyan Church? And I think, I think it's been six years, maybe seven so it's just kind of an interesting uh, dynamic on how that all played out with uh, the church I grew up attending, the church that was 22 people, of which 16 of us were related by blood. And now uh, it's not that bad, but we have not um, had the pre-COVID numbers that we were experiencing before. So it's just different. But for you, Kenny, um, going back, how struggle really seems to be a place where God uses or teaches us. What have you learned from your past that's really helped focus you as we look towards this new, at least school calendar year here at Living Hope Wesleyan? Uh, I think one of the main things I've learned, and it's sort of what pops into my head with this, is patience. Uh, not not yeah. something that I always have the the best of. And uh, and it's interesting that you had mentioned, you know, how we don't quite have our pre-COVID numbers yet. And uh, and the reason patience just really <laughs> pops into my mind is. Every single week for the last like month, month and a half, it seems there's been new faces, 
you know, people that I'd never seen before, people that weren't there pre-COVID, people that some of it, it's, you know, we haven't seen them since COVID who are right, right. You know, seeing those faces again. And and that that just that word has really been on my mind with with life in general. I mean, when I, I spent a year and a half between, you know, steady jobs and it was that all right, patience, something is going to work out. Something yeah. is going to work out patience. And my my mindset's very similar with ministry right now. And that just sort of patience, like it's it's going to work out. Things are going to you know, people are people are moving. God is working. Right. And sometimes if we rush it too much, we can actually get in the way of what God has working and just patience. God, God is doing great things. It's been such a teachable moment for me, for us, for the leadership at Living Hope Wesleyan, just to try to figure out how can we communicate God's love best. And I know that when we were meeting outside in the field this summer, we had three or four, maybe even four weeks where we got rained out because we chose not to rent a tent. And it was just kind of crazy, but just being together from, and we were laughing before how you have to be smart to find our church because we've had four locations in the last six months. And so if you really want to come, you kind of have to do some research and find us. But it's been interesting how people were so excited to meet outside. But now, as some people are excited to meet inside, we still have, well, COVID going on. And then there's some people that they don't feel as safe meeting indoors as it was outdoors. Then you have others that like the opportunity to meet inside. And so you just kind of adjust, try not to take things personally and just let people know that we care for them and we want to help you know each other grow regardless of where you stand on meeting inside or outside. But for you, Kenny, as you kind of lead and facilitate the family ministry, how have you been able to balance or find that healthy rhythm of ministering to both sides of the aisle, so to speak? Yeah. Um, and I just, I want to touch back on something you said there about it being, you have to be smart to find our church. The number of emails, which I sent, it's the, it's the field that the senior pastor's parents own behind the chapel in which he <laughs> lived. And it's like trying best to explain exactly <clears throat> where it is. And it, 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 it was, it did seem like for a little bit there, it was, you had to be smart to figure out where we were. And uh, that's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, uh, reaching and engaging people right now, because you do, you have, it's hard. I mean, we even have this in you, my wife and I will talk about it with a two-year-old and trying to figure out, you know, we we obviously were going to be in church and, you know, it's, it's partially a semi-requirement. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we don't have quite the same liability as everyone else to just not be there. And uh, so, but there is that with it with a two-year-old or like, and so it does give us a perspective where it's like, you know, we're going to go because, you know, it is a, it is a, our place of ministry, but we understand families that because of the fact that we're like, you know, if we weren't involved in ministry and we we're just attending with a, a two-year-old that we're not certain about how things could possibly affect her, would we be attending in person regularly? And uh, it's hard to answer that because we're not in a situation where we're really making that decision, but it does open us up to be able to understand people who want to be able to be there in person and the people who are hesitant to be there in person. And it's very, it's really tough because and as, and as, I mean, you've probably found out with, you know, dealing with, you know, the congregation as a whole, it's hard to figure out if there's a right answer um, because of the fact that there's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know. I mean, there's some people who want to, some people who don't, and you feel like no matter which decision that you make, 
there's going to be people who get left out. Well, that's, I think the right answer is grace. So as much as I want to extend, have grace extended to me, I need to extend to others. And that's just been um, one of those things. One thing I just wanted to pull up is the church website, hopeforvermont.org. You can see that there. And Pastor Kenny, you've done a tremendous job, especially with this front page. And there's so much work. So uh, for those listening, watching, we want to keep the front page of the website up to date. But the hopeforvermont.org. And uh, you have the colors, which, man, this week you can start to see the colors changing. Vermont's beautiful foliage. So if you're visiting, stop in and visit. Or if uh, you just want to enjoy the colors, you can catch our service online. Something that we've done because we're setting up at Cross the Brook Middle School uh, for the 9 a.m. service is because I struggle at times. I said, well, let's just do a live service at 6.30 a.m. And uh, then that'll be rebroadcast so people that can watch that that choose not to attend in person. And then we're trying to do the in-person service at nine online as well. But it looks a little funky, especially if you're attending in person with all the microphones and the cameras and the setup. So that's a quick plug. If you have that in your background, would like to volunteer, we'd love to help have you help. But Kenny, when you think about this, this thing of COVID and then the vocation or calling of ministry, at times it feels like we're doing twice or three or even five times the amount of work and not that we're supposed to look at results, certainly human. And I know for myself, I do look at results. We're working five times as hard with seeming less results. How have you been able to process doing so much more, but not being able to see the typical results that we may have had or hope to have in the future? I mean, I think the main thing that uh, that really comes to my mind with with that is I mean, I went to school and got a minor in, in youth ministry. So I, I had a little bit of ministry training. Um, you know, I, I spent about a year and a half as a full-time youth pastor. And I don't remember any training on ministering during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you took that class and if I just missed that one. But that's, I think, where a lot of that, you know, everything seems like it takes. And because of the the pandemic, the, the results are just going to naturally be down because it's just it's harder to reach people it's harder to engage in certain ways but it's also some things just take longer because you you know something that would normally take x amount of time to put together you know maybe it's in a um, a halloween event that you know now you've got to spend another you know hour two hours three hours trying to figure out all right now how are we going to distance everything all right should we have an option for people who don't want to get out of their vehicles all right, should we, you know, what sanitation things do we need while we're there? And it's all of these things that prior to all of this, you wouldn't have been working on, you wouldn't have put any time into. And uh, it really is interesting that just the little things that have become to take up so much of our time and make those things take, as you said, two, three times longer than what you originally expected, because we're all just sort of even a, a year and a half in now, it still feels like we're just sort of learning on the fly. I mean, you figure you go to four years of college and you still don't know how things work after four years of doing stuff, a year and a half. I mean, it's like we just dipped our toes into this sometimes. Well, that's certainly true. And I just uh, I'm reminded how um, the pandemic has for this is not to over spiritualize, but the pandemic has forced us to think about everyone, not just those that are typically coming. And uh, that's been helpful in a lot of ways with local churches and pastors to think about, 
hey, if they're uncomfortable, what excuses can we remove so their choice is easier to make about attending, whether it's, you know, Sunday morning at nine in person across the Brook Middle School or a specific event that we're doing. So in that way, it is better, but it can be tiring. And so this is for you, and I'll try to give an answer after, but working so much at the post office, being a husband, being a father, you guys have your second baby on the way. Congratulations, baby boy due in a few months. And then trying to lead and facilitate as the assistant pastor at our local church. I mean, there's a lot of things that you're juggling. Where do you find that sense of peace and uh, mix it with the calling that God has on your life? Yeah, it, it's a lot. And to, to give you an idea, normally, you know, I can have a conversation and work. Thing. I'm having to force myself to really like articulately listen to every single word that you say, just so I don't doze off and miss something. <laughs> like that's how crazy life it like. I don't normally think about like, all right, I need to think about listening. And uh, sometimes just things get so crazy where you're like, all right, I really need to focus on this. And um, I mean, where do you find that peace? You find that peace in the moments where you can find it. You find that peace in, um, you know, spending time with your family, you find that peace in church on Sunday and being able to talk with people and, and uh, in worship as a congregation, you find that peace in the quiet times that you get the times where you, you might be able to read a book or, or listen to a podcast or, you know, that, that little bit of time where you get to yourself to be able to either grow spiritually, grow in your faith, or also just that time that you get to just take a minute. Um, and uh, I think it's so important to do that. I've had, I, I mean, that's one of my things that it's just, you need to find time to find a minute. And, um, you know, I've been reading a lot of things lately on just burnout in general and, uh, a lot of things, I mean, it's just, you don't want to burn out. And right. when you're doing so many things, whether it's, you know, ministry or another job or a combination and adding a family and, you know, you're doing all the crazy stuff, like what I'm trying to do, like what you're trying to do, like what everyone's trying to do. Um, it's so important to, to find that peace. And I think a lot of people's peace, it's, it's in different things. Like things that help me to find that peace aren't necessarily things that are going to help you to find that peace. And uh, so it's sort of finding that with God and finding that with yourself. Yeah, I, th I really like that. And I think it's so, so good. It's funny you mentioned something earlier about listing. Uh, my wife, Bethany, she's going through a class. It's what every other month. And uh, it's talked about active listening. And it's listening not to uh, build a defense on what you want to say or jump in with what uh, captivates you, but to really listen to what that individual is saying. And when I actually had that job on radio several years ago, uh, WDV, my boss said, uh, you will find the next question in the guest's previous answer if or as you listen well. And uh, it kind of ties in with, um, people that say, oh, God, give me a divine appointment. And uh, people say, God does not want to give you one. He wants you to see the ones he's already providing for you. And as you mentioned, finding those moments of peace, sometimes we look, search so hard for those moments of peace that we neglect, you know, the two minutes at the red light or being at the stop sign or being at the post office. And just we could take a pause and a breath and just focus on what Jesus is providing. And um, 
because there is such polarization on so many levels, on so many issues, it's just so important that we make that time to seize that opportunity that God has for us. And um, something that I just wanted to bring up, uh, we had on the website the uh, parent meeting that's coming up. And one of the things in the parent meeting is we want to talk about family ministry. We want to talk about how we can best um, affirm and help parents lead their children. We don't want to take their children and tell the parents, like, you can abdicate your responsibility. We're going to raise your kids in the way of the Lord and they will not depart from it. That's not what scripture says. So, Kenny, for you, when you think about the responsibility you have to lead the family ministry, to help parents, what type of burden does that feel knowing that we have a great responsibility not to take that responsibility from parents, but to really encourage them as we are disciple makers? Yeah, I think the biggest part with it is that it's exactly as you said, we, you know, we don't have responsibility to take that responsibility from parents, but I do think there's a large part that we have that responsibility to give that responsibility to parents because on any given Sunday, you know, in the, the, the family ministry and the children's ministry and in any ministry with students, uh, you've only got them for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. The parents have them for the other 140 hours for the rest of the week. Right, right. And so there's a huge element. And this is a lot of what we're going to be going over in that is what 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 is it that parents want their kids to get out of Sunday morning? Because there is an element to it there. But also, how can I be working with parents? Um, how can we as a church be working with parents to aid and sort of foster their growth in their ability to minister to their kids the other six days out of the year, yeah, out of the week? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's uh, something that people have learned or hopefully learned from COVID-19, from going remote, from all of the things that we've had to endure, is how are we growing personally in our relationship with Jesus? And is it in such a way that we want it to impact our own family members or those we come in contact with? Uh, Not to sound too cynical, but I feel at times during this time of COVID, we've wanted to grow or be secure in her own faith, but not necessarily pushed or disciplined to help someone else grow in their faith. And that adage or expression that said, if everybody had the same commitment as you to the local church, how healthy would the local church be? And also people have said, if others had the same commitment to Jesus as Savior and Lord, how healthy a Christian would they be? And it just made me pause, whether it's giving of finances, tithes and offerings, or of your time of volunteering. It seems like everybody's so tired and drained that it's been difficult to really press in and to serve one another as Jesus served us. How important is it that we as pastors, as paid staff, don't feel as though, wow, God's mission rests on our shoulders alone? Um, it's so important because, I mean, it goes back to that idea of burnout. If you have, um, you know, two or three people in a church trying to do everything, then nothing's going to get done um, because they're just going to burn out and they, they, they might be able to carry it for a month, two months, three months, four months, but eventually it's just too much for two people to handle. And I do think, um, 
it's interesting you mentioned that um i'm trying to remember the exact wording you used but uh i do think covid has had a an in because a lot of i i've seen a lot of people taking this opportunity with covid um so much time staying at home to really work on themselves really focus on developing themselves whether it's spiritually whether it's you know anything else that they needed to work on with themselves but it's been a very sort of lonely in a sense year and a half and with minimal interaction with other people i know i always joke about my favorite thing to come out of covid is the fact that i can order food online without talking to a person pay for food online without talking to a person have it delivered to my doorstep without talking to a person and i can have food show up at my house without literally interacting with another person yeah and there's times where it's like you know i worked a 12-hour day i don't want to talk to a person but i feel like that can actually seep into ministry in that um you know we're all working on our spiritual development but how much are we reaching out to other people how much are we reaching out and engaging with our local community or have we come into this point where it's sort of everyone has their own individual spiritual development that they're working on but life's become so secluded that we're not interacting with that pizza delivery man. You know, we're not interacting with that banker because I can deposit all my checks online. We're not interacting with other human beings. Yeah, I have a uh, friend that I recently golfed with and he was just saying how he had a uh, parishioner, one who attends his church, tell him that, I don't know if you should be getting paid as much as you do because I drive by the church and you're never there. And it just made me laugh of the the really power i mean it comes from god but the ministry of a pastor is more how you interact and how you communicate the message of jesus beyond sunday morning and that's something that i've tried to do because when i was in bible college they said for every minute you spend speaking preaching the word of god it should be one hour of study for that uh that sermon so for every minute that you speak you should study one hour. And so for me, fortunately, at least I think you would agree, our congregation, I speak for about 22 minutes. So 22 minutes, that would be 22 hours. That's over half of the time that I get paid for. And it was, wow, you do need to learn to communicate God's word effectively and certainly uh, share exactly what scripture is saying but I think the, the ministry of a pastor is to connect and interact with people in real and practical ways, whether they go to your church or not. How have you been able to balance that with, um, with wanting to be an introvert or wanting to be away? Uh, you mentioned before that just when we were meeting at Hunger Mountain at four o'clock, that just uh, telling people standing at the door, hey, it was great to see you. That was a little stretch for your personality. Um, how did that work? Did you revert back and say like, that doesn't work? Or was that something that was useful, helpful to you, for you? I've definitely grown in that aspect in the last year. I'm getting better at it. Um, it's still not always my, my, my natural thing is always just to sort of close in on myself. And, um, and it's definitely something that I, I probably embraced more than I should have with COVID. Um, but yeah, I, I've never been someone who is really strong, like, hey, I've never seen that person. I'm going to go over and just strike up a conversation with them. And uh, I'm actually, and not to, you know, just talk about how great I am. 
Um, I'm actually pretty proud of myself in the last, you know, couple of months since we've been meeting back in person. And it might partially be because we spent so long not meeting in person yeah, that, yeah. you know, when I see someone new, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to go over and I'm going to talk to that person. I've never talked to them before. And just sort of just people in general, because of the fact that even, you know, with my job um, at the post office, you know, I'm in the, in the office for three or four hours in the morning and you can sort of chat with people a little bit, but because we, the way we get paid, the longer I work, I don't get paid anymore. And so, you know, we're paid a set amount for that day. So I don't really want to chat with people because that's just time that I could be home with my family. And then when I'm on the road, I'm in a vehicle by myself, most of the time with no radio, no nothing, just silence delivering the mail. And uh, I think sort of a combination of that and a combination of COVID that now at sort of church times, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can talk to people. Like, yeah. I don't get this when I'm at work and I don't get this like during the weeks, so, you know, outside of when I'm with my family. And uh, I wanted to touch on another thing that you had mentioned there that I thought sure. was interesting. A, a prior work experience that I had, um, I was basically told sort of a similar thing where if I wasn't in the office, it wasn't really counted as paid. <laughs> Because I had had a time where there were students and they had a baseball game. And I was like, you know what? As their pastor, I feel like it's important for me to go and attend and yeah. cheer them on and meet the people, you know, meet the other kids that they they play with on this team. You know, I was their youth pastor. And uh, I was told that I couldn't leave early that day because I needed to do my X amount of time in the yeah. office. And I think that and actually I think it's one of the things in general that the pandemic has really shown is that office time in regards to work isn't really as important as a lot of us thought it was. There are other ways to engage ministry and really any sort of business venture outside of sitting at a desk for 30, 40 hours. And so, you know, that that's why it really struck me with that, uh, that comment of like, oh, you're not at the, the church all the time. Maybe you shouldn't be getting paid as much. And, you know, we had this mindset that the only time people are, are working is when they're at the office. And I think it's so funny how that even strayed into ministry, right, which you right. would think is such a, um, you know, a focus on engaging with other people that you don't really want your pastor yeah. sitting in an office for 40 hours a week, because how are they engaging with your local congregation? Yeah, in the community and being seen in the community, known in the community and making that personal touch. So whether it is a literal, physical, personal handshake or clapping hands or cheering for a student that's playing a baseball game, it just communicates so much to that that student. Whereas they come to church, they expect you to be there. And I think the church needs to understand or has done a better job understanding that ministry is living Jesus in front of people. It's not just speaking about this Jesus that we know and love. It's allowing people to see him as well. And that's just something that I hope that we could do more often. I just wanted to bring up the uh, 6.30 Eastern time. So if you're watching wherever, remember it's Eastern time, online worship experience. I have a friend in their church. They want to drop the online service because they have felt that People have stopped coming in person, and whether they watch or don't watch, the online service gives them an opportunity uh, to make an excuse for not joining in person. For myself, I kind of see that reasoning. However, and we might get kicked off from this podcast, but I kind of say it's like uh, those that voted in this past election, there were those that would vote for, well, Trump or Biden, and but they would never announce it uh, out loud. 
And I think there's people that watch online. I actually know there's people that watch online that they'll send me a message or text message and say, hey, I caught the sermon. Thank you. Or I have a question about what you said there. It didn't make sense. But the fact of coming in person where other people could see that, oh, they have questions about God. They're thinking about Christianity. They, they want to hang out with Jeff Fuller and Kenny White. It's just interesting how that happens. But my question for you is, how important or viable is it that we continue in online presence? If we are not using every tool at our disposal to reach people with the message of Christ, we are not doing his work. And that I think it really boils down to that. Are we reaching people or do, or even do we have the potential, even if nobody's watching, yeah. is there the potential that we could reach people that we are otherwise not going to reach? Right. And uh, I really think it all boils down to that. If we turn it off and we stop doing online and we're only doing in person, then are we going to miss people? And I think that that's yes. And that's why I think it's incredibly important. Yeah, and Kenny, and I thank you because uh, you've done a great job with the podcast. So you uh, edit the sermon, then you upload Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Living Hope Wesley, and so people can just listen to the prayer and the sermon portion of Sunday mornings. And I think that's so valuable for people as we're active. So whether people are driving, walking, uh, pushing a stroller, where they can really listen in to, to the podcast. And that's something that I've really appreciated and for those that are unaware we've also um been meeting in person at crossbrook middle school this is in duxbury vermont we meet in the cafeteria we try to have signage up but sometimes it's hard to see but uh this coming week will be our third week at the middle school which has been quite remarkable kenny as you mentioned uh, last week it kind of feels like we were back home or at a secure location that uh rain like a good postman like rain wind sun storm is not going to keep us away we're still going to show up and it also allows us opportunities like october 3rd to have benjamin mugford's baby dedication his parents josh and lee are going to have him dedicated leo's parents are going to be there from uh, michigan and though outside in different venues are nice. There is something about just being in one location to know that we are going to gather for you. And it's still a trip for you, but it's a little bit closer than meeting at the chapel campus in that field. Has that been a benefit for you and Kellen personally to know that we're at the school versus trying to text and read your emails and figure out where we are meeting this week? Yeah, it definitely has been. And, um, just knowing that we aren't the only people who do, you know, we drive probably about, it's about 35, maybe 40 minutes if you hit every red light like we did this past Sunday from uh, our house to the church, to the Cross at Brook Middle School. And uh, like my in-laws, they drive probably close to an hour. And when you're not sure, like even with weather, with different things going on, and you're checking that email and you're like, I mean, we've got to be on the road by eight. If we don't, yeah. if we don't know if there's a change by eight o'clock, who knows? Just knowing. And, and as I said, we're not the only ones like this with people because we, we've got quite a few people in our church who travel pretty far to get there. And um, I think that it's just a really settling thing for people coming from a distance to know, hey, if I leave my house, I don't have to worry about all of a sudden it starts downpouring and church gets canceled at the last minute. And I've driven a half an hour on Sunday that I didn't need to drive. Right. That is, that is helpful. And honestly, I mean, as, as I mentioned this Sunday, 
it's just so nice to know that you have a place that yeah. this is where every Sunday, this is where we meet. It's, it's our little space for that three hours that the school lets us use it. That's our space and we can, we can use it. It's inside. I mean, there, as nice as it is to do service outside, there is something to feeling like in a building, in a space, which you can you can work stuff more with it, but you have electricity that you're not having to run wires down a basically a mountainside. Um, and you just you have all of those things. And it's like, all right, we can do that here. So yeah, the the distance is definitely helpful knowing and um and not having to, as I said, worrying about the rain. I mean, we've got, as you mentioned, a baby dedication coming up. Mm-hmm. Like if you're that's something you're really excited for. And if you start seeing like the week beforehand, hey, it might rain, like all right, now we're going to postpone a dedication. Now we got to refigure things out. Now people have to travel, like maybe on a different weekend, maybe they can't, that throw things off. So knowing you've got an indoor space where you know, no matter what, unless like a tornado hits and so knock on wood, um, (laughs) you know, you're going to be there. I think it's just, it's really settling for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree with that. And it does allow us uh, the opportunity to uh, invite visitors, invite friends and neighbors and let them know that, we could be counted on and that's just, it helps our integrity or credibility just with those uh, features and assets. And I, I just enjoy that. And Kenny, I thank you for making the time. We have a few questions and we'll let you go. And uh, those that watch or listen uh, after, we just thank you so much. You can subscribe on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church or Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. That's Living Hope Wesleyan. But as we shared with the congregation and as we knew as staff, we were blessed by a huge, for us, financial gift. Uh, we had a family that uh, blessed our local church with over $40,000. Now, I know when I first say that, some people are like, oh, well, they don't need my money. I don't need to tithe there. Or I shouldn't give there. And all I'm going to say about tithing is Jesus says to tithe, so be obedient to Jesus. And if you want details on what that means, I could point you to scriptures, but I'm not going to tell you how much to give or what. I just know that God wants you to be obedient to what he's called you to. But all that said, the church board, the local advisory council has uh, decided to put that into the vision fund. We didn't want to call it the building fund, but the vision for the future. And so we have right around 100000 in that vision fund now. I would love to see that matched over the last year, the LAC, and we're looking at uh, creative ways how to communicate that capital campaign, but look at what that might mean for the future. But the question all of this for you, Kenny, is simply, what are some of your dreams for the future of Living Hope Wesleyan Church? I know for myself that I think that God would have us in the community to reach the community. And that's what's difficult. And even speaking with you, that you live in Essex, other people come from uh, Grand Isle or North Hero. We have people from Williamstown, Graniteville, that area, and traveling from all sorts of directions. But I really believe that God would have us make an impact in our local community, Waterbury, Duxbury, Waterbury Center, Stowe, this area. And for you and others, you have said that, yes, I want to be a part in what God's doing through this local church in our community. What are some of your dreams? Would you love to see, and you can say it, we won't hold you to it, but your own satellite campus in your neck of the woods? Or do you think it's good for Christ followers to come and surround a common goal and really establish a a hub, so to speak, 
to reach our local community and branch out from there. So I've been talking a lot and uh, probably talking myself in circles, but what are some of your dreams for Living Hope Wesleyan Church as God's blessed us with some financial resources that now maybe these dreams can become realities? Um, I love the idea of a hub. I love, and especially just in, I think, um, I haven't been in Vermont long enough maybe, so I could be wrong here, but I think, isn't Stowe, Waterbury area kind of in the middle? It's kind of central, like, ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, honestly, it's a great spot for not just, I mean, obviously the focus is on that Waterbury, Stowe area, but that's one of the reasons I think we have so many people come elsewhere because it's not like we're driving from like, you know, Rutland to Bakersfield and right, you're driving right. the entire length of Vermont. It's in the middle. So people are able to come from around it. But it also means that while the focus is on that local community, it does give you the opportunity that, uh, you know, if we were able to implement some of sort of our visions and dreams for the future, that people would be able to come there from all around Vermont. And I think that that's such a because, I mean, you look at I mean, what's our website? Hope for Vermont. Um, yeah. As much as it is about our local community, it also is about Vermont as a whole. And I know one of the things like when I when I see these things and, and when we talk about, you know, the vision fund and and what does uh, what does the church look like? And, you know, I just see so many things with, you know, youth programs. And that's a lot of times where my mind goes to and uh, a community center that's actually a community center that the community can use and you know, a building where people can come to where if they need something, if they are struggling, if they just want to know who this Jesus thing is all about um, and know that that's where we're located and that's where we can help people in this walk of life and this walk with Christ. And um, so those are, I mean, I see, see so many sort of things open up, but yeah, my, my main thing that I just, and it might partially be because I've seen so many churches that have this, that I've never been at a church that did a, a community center, a place yeah. where you can really feel like, you know, we're not just a church in our community. We are a church for our community. Yeah. And I think that that's so important to have those things where, because, you know, even right now, like as, as much as we are, and I think it's partially because of the fact that we are so much afloat in and around we, we we for the last year we've sort of been meeting where we're able to that it does feel like we're more a church in our community and i would love to get that point where we are able to provide things for our community oh i agree and i've said for a long time that i've dreamed about having a community center one where people could come whether it was hurricane irene several years ago or whether it's just recently whether um, whatever the situation where people could come, we would have showers, we would have a laundry services, they could come for a cup of coffee or play sports. And then we would still set up Sunday morning because Sunday morning is Sunday morning. And there's the entire rest of the week that we can minister to the community and allow them see that we're really for them and they don't have to come Sunday morning. They can just enjoy the resources that are available. And so we're just praying in that direction. Something that you mentioned, and uh, you might not be aware, but Waterbury, Vermont is known as the crossroads of Vermont. Because if you look on a map, you can go towards Lamoille County, you can go down towards uh, Waitsfield, Warren, where Sugarbush is that way, obviously you can go down to um, Montpelier, Barrie, and then you can go towards your direction of Essex and uh, Burlington. And just being centrally located, 
I think it does help. But as we used to talk about our church way back, and maybe I shouldn't even repeat this because I don't even think I was a pastor. So I was speaking out of turn about the pastor and about the ministry that was taking place. But it felt as though we were all hanging on to our own piece of debris from the Titanic or from a boat, the shipwreck that went down. And then it seemed to me that God was trying to bring us all together in the same boat because we were all trying to stay alive, to stay afloat, just that survive, just trying to survive that mentality. And then it seemed as though God put us in the same boat. And the previous pastor, David Norman, really helped do that. He shook things up. He was only here 19 months. It was difficult in some ways for all of us, but I really feel that God used him in that way to get us in the same boat. And since I've been pastor, I feel as though, I think as though God's helped me figure out who needs to be in the correct seats so that we're all rowing in the same direction and in the same pace. And that's been a lot more difficult than I imagined. I thought once we're in the same boat, everybody's going to be rowing the same direction, the same speed, going after God in the same way. But it's something that we've been able to um, navigate through. And at times God slows me down and causes us to pause. And um, I hope it's okay. I know you've shared at church, but uh, you and Kellen, uh, Kellen suffered a miscarriage a while ago, and that was devastating for you and for our church family. And then obviously with Bethany going through cancer, chemotherapy treatments, 12 of those, eight months of just craziness, I think God is allowing us to pause so we can know that he is with us, because I do have a tendency to try to get in front of God. I can never do that. I just miss him altogether. But I think God wants us just to settle and find his will. Does that come easy for you? We've talked a lot about patience, uh, peace throughout this time, but does it come naturally or easy for you personally? To to settle? Yeah. Um, I would say sort of. Um, I would say, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a hard one to answer. I will say with where we are probably a little bit because of the fact that it's funny. You mentioned that the boat that's broken and everyone's sort of holding on for themselves and, and you sort of immediately start to think is living hope like that boat now because everyone's sort of all over the place and spaced out are we all just sort of on our own piece of the boat and i'm on my piece of the boat here in essex and you're on your piece of the boat but i think because living hope isn't a broken down boat it's just a very big boat um but uh it's not broken down that i think we were able to find peace in a lot of things and find that 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 I can't remember the exact word you used, um, that comfort that sort of get through that stuff because of the fact that we had such a good church community to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really important and something that I feel as though God's been leading me is three words, and that's people can come to a Living Hope Wesleyan Church. They can attend and engage uh, with Living Hope Wesleyan Church and really find a place to belong. 
that whether you believe you can belong. And our prayer is, the second step is that you would believe, that you would believe that Jesus loves you in such a way that he will forgive you and that he has a purpose for you. And then the third B is that we be or become, that we become who God says we are. So we want people to uh, look at Living Hope Wesleyan Church and say, hey, I could, I could belong there. Whether I believe or not, I could belong there and know that I'm loved. And then, wow, over time, because of the work of who God is and because of Scripture, I can actually believe and not just believe, but follow Jesus and then become a disciple that is making disciples. And I just think those three things are so key. And if we stick to the facts of who Jesus is and who he loves, and we are like Jesus or going to be like Jesus, we are going to be more more uh, connected. But um, Kenny, thank you so much. I know it's getting late and I know you've put in a long day, but for me, it's helpful just to hear your heart and just to share your heart and some of the thoughts that I've been processing going through with our congregation, with others that might watch or listen after. Again, Living Hope Wesleyan Church on YouTube. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, it's Living Hope Wesleyan. But a couple of fun questions to put you on the spot. So you said you have your own YouTube channel? I Talk do. to me about this. What? So your hobbies, right. your own YouTube channel. What so is this? So I, I run a small YouTube channel, um, Wreath Productions, uh, R-E-A-T-H Productions. And uh, I like video games. It's sort of what I do to relax. And uh, I really like these map-based grand strategy games. And so I basically have a laptop that's running 24-7, running AI simulations in these games. And then I make time lapses of them and put them on YouTube for people to watch. And uh, in the last three months, I've had about 250,000 views on my channel um for about six thousand watch hours and i've gained about five i'm at about 500 subscribers so i'm halfway <laughs> to monetization um but uh that's been uh taking up a lot more of my time than i thought it would because of the fact that you know i really started putting work into it in the last three months and just sort of seeing that subscriber count climbing and climbing and climbing and knowing mm -hmm. if i can double it i'm hoping to hit 500 tonight and if i can double it from there then uh you know, it's it's just sort of a little extra something to help my family out. <laughs> hey, what is your favorite video game? Um, oh my goodness, there's a million of them. Uh, I mean, I could just go give with me three. Just just uh, go. Okay. Through. All right, all right. So right now I'm playing Tales of Arise, which is really good. It's part of the Tales of series. I've played them absolutely forever. Um, probably my all-time favorite, just like genre, Pokemon. I will play a Pokemon game any day. And then, uh, I mean, goodness, I'll play like any JRPG, RPG, Japanese role-playing game, role-playing game, any of those. Just I love a good role-playing game, Zelda, um, anything like that. Those are my jam. And then strategy games. I, I like strategy games, Age of Empires, uh, EU4, Hearts of Iron, big fan. Favorite sports team? Oh, New England Patriots or, or whatever team Tom Brady plays for. <laughs> Lifelong <laughs> from last year. <laughs> I, I got to tell you that uh, somebody said that no one has opportunity to watch greatness for very long. So even though I was not a fan of Tom Brady leaving, man, what he's doing has been phenomenal. And so, yeah, I, I'm a Brady fan. I love watching greatness. And uh, I was happy that the Patriots blew out the Jets, but the Jets are terrible. Oh, awful. But at least at least the Patriots got the win. So uh, favorite book. What's your favorite book? Favorite book? Um, 
probably my like the just the book that I just like the most to read. Um, there's a book called Pride of Carthage, and uh, it's historical fiction, and it's about um, Hannibal during the Second Punic War and sort of his travels over the Alps and the different battles that going on. I'm a, I'm a big history person, so I'm a big fan of historical fiction because of the fact that it. It's not just reading history, you know, the author works with it to create dialogue and bring the characters to life in a way that you don't see in history. And it's just a big fan of uh, Pride of Carthage, it's a fantastic book, as well as the Emperor series, which is historical fiction on the life of Julius Caesar. And uh, it's a four book series that's just absolutely amazing. All right. So hopefully these will be fun for the next couple. Don't overthink them. Just the first thing that comes to mind. Mountains or the beach? Mountains. Fresh water or salt water? Uh, I feel like I'd be getting away from my roots if I said fresh water, but I'm sorry, Cape Cod, fresh water. <laughs> Morning or night? Night. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, uh, podcast or audiobook? Audiobook. Very, very good. Those are, I don't even remember what I asked you, but I like uh, podcasts and audiobooks, and I have worked myself into listening to uh, most, depending on who's reading, most audiobooks I can read it or listen to at 2.05 speed. I'm kind of proud of that. I probably shouldn't be. And uh, podcasts, I'm still at 1.8, 1.8 speed. But uh, I, I love. Those. I had been I had been reading some, doing some audiobooks, and I I got to the point where I put them on two two and a half times speed, partially because like you start some of those audiobooks, it's like 30 hours, and I'm like I don't really have 30 hours or it's kind of like i want to finish this so i can get to the next one and so putting them at two two and a half times speed depending on the uh the whoever's reading it well that's in your reading historical fiction i'm reading like little devotional books so for me for me it's like 25 minutes and i melt so uh that's me but uh <laughs> kenny as we let you go and thanks again for making the time i'll post this and uh let people hear some of our heart and some of our dreams and what we feel God would have us be a part of at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. And if anybody's interested, hopeforvermont.org, hopeforvermont.org. And uh, 6.30, we're online at 6.30 Eastern Time, online Sunday mornings and 9.30 in person at Cross Brook Middle School. And we thank you all for um, listening in, sharing, and uh, liking whatever Facebook post, Instagram that we put up there. But uh, Kenny, would you just close our time in prayer? Absolutely. Uh, dear Lord, uh, thank you for this this opportunity, this time, and uh, we thank you so much for for our local church, for the church that you are working in, Lord, and for the opportunity to to serve you, Lord, in Waterbury, in Stowe, in the surrounding area, in Vermont, Lord. We are just incredibly grateful and humbled for this opportunity and this opportunity to talk about what um what our dreams are for your church and uh, and what your dreams are for your church, Lord. I thank you so much for everyone who's listening, for everyone who um, maybe they get a, a little bit better of an understanding of, of how, how, you know, things happen, how conversations are had, how uh, the local church is all about, Lord. And uh, we're incredibly grateful for the opportunity to have that. And we just, we pray for everyone listening. Um, whether they're listening now or they're listening next week, that whenever, whoever is listening, that you will be with them, you will guide them, and you will help them through their day, no matter how long, no matter how short. And uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kenny, we'll see you Wednesday, 7 o'clock Life Group in person or via Zoom, 7 o'clock Life Group. And uh, Kenny, we'll see you there. Thanks, yeah, man. Absolutely.